Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Scott Cluthy's Love Cafe. Join us for the best in relationships, family, health, well-being, spirituality, intuitive development, the future, and the past. All present in the Love Cafe. The Love Cafe call-in line 347-308-8478. That's 347-308-8478. And now, Scott Cluthy's Love Cafe. It is a Wednesday afternoon, uh, 5 o'clock Central, 6 Eastern, 3 Pacific, and time for another edition of Love Cafe Radio with your host, Scott Cluthy. I have an extraordinary guest today, a really uh, extraordinary guest, author, writer, expert, and a man with an extraordinary tale to tell, and his latest book, Undisclosed, a novel. My guest is author Steve Alton. Steve, hello and welcome. Thank you. And before we start, Scott, I just want to, living in South Florida, as, as I told you before the show, we, we've had to go through some pretty serious hurricanes, but, uh, you know, our hearts are out to everyone in Houston. Well, I appreciate that. And right now, unfortunately, even to the east of Houston, Beaumont and toward Louisiana, these people are getting, un- it's just unbelievable, uh, some of the uh, the water reservoirs here that were built for Houston back in the 40s. That's when they were engineered, actually, the 40s and late 50s by the Corps of Engineers. Uh, when the Harris County Flood Control District realized they had a problem because Houston has had a flood every year, really, from rain. And its history goes... In fact, there was a piece, I think, in the Wall Street Journal this morning about Houston's history with floods. But unfortunately, those uh, those water retention, vast areas are leaking, and uh, there's been some movement of some of the top side. They're, of course, made from soil, mostly, with concrete. So that's unfortunate, but we do pray that nothing forward happens again. It's already driven. I think a third of the homes in the area have had water taken into them. That's just beyond belief, really. But uh, thank you for those thoughts. And we send that out to anyone listening in the Houston area, the Texas southeastern coast area, those over in Louisiana, anyone listening in any of those areas, and maybe our conversation with author Steve Alden today will help take your mind into some other areas, a little relief and some expertise and some insight into the UFO phenomena, the idea of uh, aliens, the capture of aliens by the government, the, the idea of secrecy, the black ops, the whole, well, you name it, yeah, you know. All of it, Area 51, I think it is, and all that. And, of course, anyone around the world, we'd love to hear from you. Have a question or comment for author Steve Alden. The call-in line is always the same. That's 347-308-8478. 347-308-8478 here in the Love Cafe with your host, Scott Cluthy. And uh, we're talking about his brand-new book, Undisclosed. Uh, but actually, he's also the author of another book, Unacknowledged, the documentary also released, I guess, around the book of the same title, uh, which was edited by Steve and released by NM Publishers back on April 25th. The new book, Undisclosed, was released on June 6th. Now, you may know Steve from his work with the incredible book, Meg, which really uh, ripped through the world back in, I guess, was it 96 or so, when you first uh, left your meatpacking plant job? In 97, and will be a movie uh, in August of 2018. Looks like that should be a mega hit, like uh, like Meg is, a 70-foot, 50-ton prehistoric great white shark coming to you in 3D. I don't know if I'd actually put on virtual reality glasses for that. That scared the hell out of me. But um, but so Steve has a great, incredible history, really, of writing great, great thrillers, a New York Times and international best-selling author of 16 
including Meg. Uh, the Meg movie, as he said, is set to be released in August of next year. Uh, he's also founder and director, and I hats off to you, for Adopt an Author, a nationwide free teen reading program now being used by thousands of secondary school teachers to have even the most reluctant readers read. And you can get uh, to that at adoptanauthor.com. His website, stevealton.com. Simple as that. But now comes along undisclosed a novel. But it's a very unique novel because within the folding pages of that novel is so much information that Steve Alton's been privy to about UFOs and aliens. And this is not something he spent his whole life thinking about. Uh, I had an experience early in my years. My father was an Air Force uh, Master Sergeant. We stationed at many places all over the country. Uh, those are not unknown to, to have a lot of uh, 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 UFO activity, needless to say. And we were in Wichita Falls, Texas, there at uh, Lockbourne. Or maybe it was Shepherd, Shepherd, a part of SAC command my dad was with. And he and I saw 12 items in the, in the sky, the clear Texas sky, coming from four different directions, coming together and zipping straight up in the space. And, of course, as I asked my father, Dad, what was that? He says, I have no idea, son. I have no idea what that was. And he spent his life with airplanes and jets and missiles and everything else from the Korean War to World War II to Saudi Arabia to you name it. But you, Steve, and your lovely wife, your UFO devotee uh, inauguration came in... um, this century, which I hate to say that, but it's true for me, December 14, 2013, with your lovely wife, Kim, you were having some dinner and a movie. What a wonderful evening. And then what happened? Well, we were driving home and through our neighborhood in South Florida, and, and we looked up in the sky, and there were about 8 to 12 of these uh, craft that we could see they were there were amber lights actually what we saw first and they were flying in staggered pairs and about a thousand feet overhead and and uh, as they passed by us we could see the uh, outline from the amber light of their saucer shaped bottoms and then most amazing of all is as we watched, we got out of the car and we watched them uh they moved into the northern sky and um one by one they just disappeared into the ether as if into a higher dimension and uh, yeah, I know that one. You know, it turns out that that was not a coincidence because uh, we had been scheduled to have dinner with Dr. Stephen M. Greer, the foremost authority on uh, UFOs and extraterrestrials and unacknowledged special access projects, uh, which we'll talk about. And um, I had never met him before, and so three nights later we had dinner with him and his wife, and, and of course, the first thing out of our mouths were you never got to believe what happened to us. And um, he sort of smiled and said, you know, that higher intelligence communicates through thought energy, and they were checking you out. And, in fact, Dr. Greer also told you that that's how he developed his uh, uh Claimed ability to do just that, wasn't it? It was through higher focus of mind. It was consciousness, not through some uh, Dick Tracy hand decoder. Yeah, Dr. Greer is no longer interested in trying to convince the world that these things exist. The people who've seen them know, like you and your dad. Uh, but um, what he does is CE5 training, which is close encounter training of the fifth kind, which is human instigated contact with extraterrestrials. And they do that, like you said, by uh, about 20, 25 people will gather in a circle and use uh, remote viewing techniques and um, thought energy to vector in any passing interstellar ships. And uh, he's very good at this, and that's how he got started back in 92. And uh, thousands of people have experienced these CE5 uh, training and, and you know, have seen different elements of of a higher intelligence. What um, and it's also uh, interesting to uh, study the uh, the use. I, I think was it the CIA perhaps in the Cold War to use uh, intuitives. I mean, I've known some really 
great ones, Uri Geller, Carmen Hara, many others, and others I've worked with, um, about the programs that they were using to use that to penetrate the Iron Curtain, right? Yeah, the remote viewing, uh, which is, um, right. you know, the ability to concentrate on something in a in a different place and, and uh, sort of see it in your mind. Do you think Dr. Greer uh, uh, sort of, I don't want to, well, this is a technology, it's a technology of consciousness, which I think is the future, just like energy healing, light healing. We're seeing the age of light of break around us right now. In fact, I believe I'm an old school astrologer type guy from the humanistic psychological psychology school of uh, Dane Rudyard and believe that we are now cracking open what's been called the new age or the Aquarian age. And this is part of all this revelation as well as things like superstorms <laughs> of our world that's never going to be the same, in my opinion. But do you think Dr. Greer was a part and partial of understanding that training, having insight into it or having information to it as far as the technology, where he got it from? Yeah, well, he had two experiences when he was uh, growing up that affected him in adulthood. With this, The first was that uh, when he was very young, he and a bunch of his friends uh, actually had a daytime sighting of a UFO, and that stayed with him for quite a while. And then Those when he weird, was a little yeah. bit older, I think 18, uh, he had had a wound that went septic, and he was alone in a cabin, and, and he basically had a near-death experience, and, and his consciousness, you know, sort of went up into space and, and communicated using thought energy with higher beings. And, um, you know, that sort of taught him that there's, you know, first life after death into, a you know, a higher dimension. And um, second, that thought energy is how these higher beings communicate. And uh, if you think about it, you know, if if an interstellar species is able to travel across the galaxy. Let's say they live uh, in a, in a, their home world is a thousand light years from here. You know they couldn't use propulsion energy because you know it would. You know unless they were cryogenically put to sleep, that you know everyone on their planet that they knew would be dead. You know by the time they got to our planet, and how would they communicate as well? But um, what he knows from his eyewitnesses who have worked with these technologies, who, who have reversed engineered these craft that were down, starting with uh, the, the three craft in Roswell back in 1947, that these ships uh, use zero-point energy. And zero-point energy is uh, a free, clean, powerful energy. In fact, a, a cup of zero-free energy would be enough to boil all the oceans on our planet. And uh, when you when you would and this was discovered by our scientists, not just interstellar scientists, uh, when you um, put in contact uh, an electrical charge with zero-point energy, you create an anti-gravitic field so that there is no more mass to the object. And they're able to, to use these technologies to travel um, almost instantaneously between any two spots in the galaxy. And, and of course, and to communicate, like we said, they communicate using thought energy. So, um, you know, this is from a guy who was, um, you know, not a scientist but a, a medical doctor. He was an emergency room uh, physician, and he figured all this out, and that uh, changed his life and a lot of people associated with him. How did it change your life to have this event and then to meet Dr. Greer? Uh, obviously, you're writing another smash bestseller and becoming a point two man on UFOs right now in a lot of ways. But I mean internally, how did it change your belief system, the structure, the dynamic of Steve Alton? Well, the first thing it did was, you know, the, and there's a saying in the book, on the back of the book, the truth will set you free, but first it will piss you off. And, you know, mm -hmm. I was really pissed off about the things that I was hearing because, um, our world could, should be a lot different than it is. I mean, if you go back to uh, 1901, uh, Nikolai Tesla was the first to discover zero-point energy, and uh, Tesla realized that, um, uh, 
you could actually have free clean energy, which would have changed the world. Um, he was, in 1901, he was preparing to use the planet's own magnetic field as a giant dipole in order to broadcast electricity to ships at sea without any wires. And that experiment would have led to free clean energy, and, and it would have changed the world. But what happened was J.P. Morgan, who was uh, you know one of your wealthy industrialists, one of your one percenters, uh, he had invested in copper wire, so he wasn't interested in losing his investment and giving free energy to the people. Nah, he wasn't for that. So before Tesla could conduct his experiment, J.P. Morgan got all his cronies in Washington, D.C. to shut it down, and they confiscated all the scientists' papers and inventions, and they basically left them destitute. And this pattern repeats itself through our history over the last 117 years. Uh, every scientist who's ever figured out how to tap into the zero-point energy field, which is the same energy source that these UFOs use, uh, either shut down or silenced by the powers that be. And they've also been denied patents because, you know, it's not just enough that you invent a new energy technology. You know, you've got to be able to market it. And uh, Section 181 of the U.S. Patent Law allows the government to arbitrarily determine if a technology or a device poses a danger to our national security. So what you have is the shadow members of the shadow government and the Department of Defense, the CIA, the NSA, the Federal Trade Commission, and especially the Department of Energy basically have forbidden these technologies, these inventions, to receive a U.S. patent. Did you think about this at all before these events? Was this like, oh, yeah, there's a world conspiracy and um, the corporations, the banks, the military-industrial complex is in on this? Not at all. This is all new to me. Hmm. Yeah. But, you um, know, I remember yeah, – uh, go ahead. No, I was going to say that uh, we back we should have been off fossil fuels because zero point energy would replace fossil fuels. We should have been off oil and and uh, coal fifty years ago, and the and the yeah. society that we would have now would be completely different. And one of the things I try to do in the book is I've created a B story that takes place twenty years from now, after this disclosure event takes place where. The people, the masses, are informed about this stuff, and uh, you know, try to show that the the world would be could be, you know, pollution free, disease free, um, free energy would create, you know, unlimited incomes. Uh, there would be no more poverty, and there would be no more climate change. I mean, global warming is a very serious thing, uh, and uh, you know, this would resolve all of that. But, you know, and also advanced learning through an ability to educate yourself in any kind of uh, educational system for a variety of uh, source points that pretty much are unlimited. That was an interesting piece. At least that's my interpretation of it. But um, yeah. I, I'm old enough to remember a guy who was president named Dwight Eisenhower. <laughs> yes. I like Ike. In fact, I have a button. <laughs> I like Ike from my grandfather. But um, he I, said Ike didn't do us any favors, though. Uh, because yeah, but his parting Ike, words were pretty important. His parting words were, but his actions that led to those parting words, unfortunately, you know, I guess you could say that Truman probably created the CIA, but uh, Ike created, um, or Nelson Rockefeller created for Ike. Uh, Majestic mm -hmm. or MJ-12 to handle the UFO situation, and and that group basically yeah. turned into a military-industrial complex that, you know, sort of became its own monster. Yeah, he kind of. You think, I think he probably regretted some of those actions, but it was a little late, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, he made it so that all this stuff became secret, so that all these ships that they had taken down uh, and all the technologies from it were became closely guarded by groups like Skunk Works. And, um, you know, there, there's two different uh, space programs. There's NASA, which is the horse and buggy program. And there's uh, Skunk Works, which um, is the Lamborghini that's kept locked up in a garage. And the, 
You know, the Lamborghini can basically do what a UFO can do. It can travel across the galaxy. The only thing that's stopping it is that, and this was, you know, one of the dozens of surprising, shocking things that I learned in working on these two books. Uh, we've been quarantined as a species. That the uh, interstellars, and there's probably 24 to 36 different species that have visited our planet, uh, basically are not allowing us to leave Earth's space. And so you wonder why the Apollo mission was canceled and and uh, why these manned missions to Mars supposedly will happen, but they probably never will, is because uh, we've been quarantined. And we've been quarantined because uh, we're, we're, you know, a warlike species ourselves that, um, you know, we haven't understood the uh, the spiritual aspect of life in order to warrant us going right. into space. Yeah, we haven't quite gotten to Star Trek, have we? Um, no, we're still <laughs> intent on killing each other and and killing our planet with global warming. Controlling the dead dinosaur juice. My guest is Steve Alton. The new book, Undisclosed, the novel, here in Love Cafe, on Love Cafe Radio with your host, Scott Cluthy, Blog Talk Radio, or call in line. 347-308-8478. Questions or comments for Steve Alton. You're welcome to call in during this hour. We'd love to hear from you. Um, I'm taking a lot of humor in, in, in I mean, y- you worked this book right up to Election Day and after. And it's funny because you shared a little antidote thinking Clinton was going to win. <laughs> a lot of us thought that, didn't we? And that story of what's going on now is going to make a hell of a book and story, but you wouldn't believe it if you had read it beforehand, would you? But um, but um, do you feel that someone like Donald Trump, President Trump, has been or can be given that kind of information by the powers that be? Or is he kept out of the loop? Uh, he's definitely kept out of the loop, but but he's he's sort of a wild horse, or a wild hare, yeah. I should say. Uh, he's the Joker in a deck because you don't know what he's he's capable of doing. Because the one you know, and I I didn't vote for Donald Trump, but um, he scares the shadow government because they don't know what he's going to do. Uh, you know, the the last time they got a scare like this was when John F. Kennedy. Uh, had learned about all the the things that the CIA was doing in secret and all these black ops programs like the CIA. And it was his decision to, as he said, you know, shatter the CIA and scatter the pieces pieces in every direction. And uh, a short time after he said that, they assassinated him. So, you know, Donald Trump is... You firmly believe that. I'm sorry? You firmly believe that and did not before? I've uh I watched something on YouTube the other day that I'd never seen before and it was um a former CIA uh officer who basically revealed pretty much everything about the uh the shadow government in detail, how um, uh, that uh, all these agencies are linked, that there's trillions of dollars that go through these agencies that that um, uh, that aren't accountable to anything, that, that basically bribe members of Congress to the tune of about 800000 a year. This guy's name was Kevin Shipp, S-H-I-P-P. Uh, and he's a okay. CIA officer and an anti-terrorism specialist and decorated officer, and he just came forward and exposed the whole thing. And uh, that has a lot to do with unacknowledged and undisclosed. And uh, but um, you know, he basically said that Donald Trump has these guys scared because he they're not sure what he's going to do. Of course, he's probably not sure what he's going to do either. But. Um, I'm not saying this will lead 
to disclosure, but you never know. Well, he's a loose cannon, and they can't control that. And they thought that. Well, I, I actually I wrote him. I never told anybody this, but I actually wrote him a letter about a week ago and sent him a copy of the book. And uh, wow. Look at you. I sent yeah. it to his wife, Melania, hoping that she would oh, give know. it to him, but um, you never know. Well, there's always the part about reading. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Send him the movie. <laughs> if it's yeah, on TV, well, he'll watch the, I'll it. I'll send him the audio cassette. Or the audio there you CDs. go. <laughs> That's unfortunate but true. Don't send him the movie. Listen book. to why he watches Fox News. Well, get it on. Buy some time. <laughs> well, I'm going to be going to Kevin's ship after the show on YouTube, right? Okay. Yeah, and there's absolutely. a lot of parallel in there of the information you received. That's really that must have really sent some hairs up your back. Uh, yeah, we've you know, my book is faction. It's sort of fiction, uh, which is uh, connected with all sorts of fact and um, enabling the reader to sort of digest things. Uh, as opposed to just hitting him over the head with it. So, well, but even it's, it's, even it's, as fiction, I've yeah. had some strange things happen over the last month or two. Uh, doing interviews, uh, I did a, an interview at, in Chicago radio in a sh- big show, and and uh, the station was hit twice with the electromagnetic current that shut the interview down. Really. You know, and and I'm a I'm a fiction author, you know. So what are they so scared about? Yeah. But Dr. Yeah. Greer, of course, Just has had much story. more severe. Yeah, it's just a it's just a triple latte book. Come on, what are you scared of? Well, but, uh, you know, it's it's pretty mind boggling, and yet it uh, it under, the undercurrents of all the whole story, even taking out the uh, anti gravitational, the ET, taking that all out. The whole big conspiracy New World Order part rings so true for so many people that the threads running through the book resonate the truth for a lot of people. Um, you know, I never really thought much about William Colby, ex-CIA director. What did you, had you, and what, and what do you feel now about what transpired there? Well, uh, when Dr. Greer told me the story, you know, it was pretty scary because uh, William Colby was a member of uh, Magic, which is, you know, the the new name of Majestic 12. And uh, this this is the shadow group that uh, controls all these technologies. And uh, back when uh, Bill Clinton was uh, elected and and, uh, a friend of William Colby's came forward to Stephen Greer, and uh, see, the the Clintons had actually asked Dr. Greer to brief them, and so they have all this information. Hillary didn't w- want Bill to pursue it because she was afraid he would wind up like JFK. But what happened was um, somebody approached Greer through another friend, an intermediary, and said that uh, this person in magic uh, had access to a zero-point energy device and $50 million in seed money that he wanted to give Dr. Greer's organization to bring this technology out. Uh, but Greer didn't know who he was. And then what happened was is a few days before they were supposed to meet, the guy went missing. And then nine days later, he, sh- he ended up, they found his yeah. body floating in the Potomac, uh, nine days giving it plenty of time to hide the evidence of how he was assassinated. And that turned out to be William Colby, the former CIA director. So, so Colby was a member of Magic who wanted to do the right thing as many of the members of MAGIC do. In fact, by Greer's count, uh, his eyewitnesses who are part of this organization, 70% of the organization wants to bring zero-point energy into the public domain, but they're afraid to challenge the 30% who are the sociopaths who run that place and have access to some pretty frightening weapons. 
Do you um, do you see uh, any movement in the government at all in that direction, though, uh, as far as that 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 uh, revelation, or is it just going to come? Do you see it coming, and do you see it coming from? Uh, I'm not going to say a reliable source like Dr. Greer isn't, or all the people you've interacted with aren't, but at the level of a official government, you know, a release. No, I think it has to come to from the this? people. I think it's, you know, I, when when the people protested against the Republicans taking away their health insurance, you know, that right. that was a sign that the, that the silent majority will rise on occasion. And, uh, you know, just like Black Lives Matter or, or the protest against these Nazis who are marching in Charlottesville, yeah. You know, it shows that the people still in the United States will still do the right thing as a mass group. And, and you know, our hopes were that we would get the information into the public domain about these things through these two books, Unacknowledged and Undisclosed, which is the fiction. And then um, Dr. Greer's new documentary, which is, which, uh, is actually on Netflix now. And, uh, you know, by alerting the masses... You get the, you hopefully get the masses to organize and demand that we get zero point energy to resolve our energy needs because it, you know we're talking about you know the major cause of wars the major cause of famine of poverty of you know pollution and this can all be resolved by just forcing this technology out into the open into the public domain. Something tells me, too, this technology can be used in some form or fashion to deal with the kind of catastrophic events we're dealing with down here on, this, on the third coast. Weather patterns, energy, vortexes, you know, torrential uh, movement of air and redirection. And these super storms are coming more and more. And so we are, we are reaching a boiling point in many ways. Um, I personally and I believe think what ha- is happening in Houston is also. I think it has to be taken as a warning because of global warming. Because, you know, we're talking about the melting of the polar ice, and all coastal cities flooding in the same way that Houston is flooded. Well, there's even a bigger threat that's actually very real right now in the midst of this, uh, the San Jacinto. Uh, river and uh, to the east of uh, in the Beaumont area there is a the largest repository of incredibly lethal cocktail of chemicals ejected uh-huh. into the the ground that they were using to make all the styrofoam and so on from a plant there for decades it's in the ground. They're not sure if it can leak or not. But they there are great do. fears. Yeah, that this water event could open that up and start to spew that toxic death mix into the Gulf. The fish and the crabs that are picked from the Gulf where the San Jacinto empties into the Gulf of Mexico are balls of toxic chemicals. That's real. That's not made up. And that's under real threat right now with the size of the storm. I believe that maybe not because of the storm, maybe from the response from it, maybe from the things that happened because of it, but also because of the political climate and what's going on in the country, that the pitchforks, you know, like the last scene in Frankenstein's monster where they come to the tower and the, the pitchforks are coming out in September, I believe. I said that and thought that and prognosticated that last spring that the pitchforks will come in September. And unfortunately, it seems to be on a great track for that. And fortunately, as well, um, because just as you were mentioning the uprise and the health care and all that, that the people, I think the people, you know, the old people can be fooled sometimes. I think it's time the blinders are going to come off and the artificial barriers 
created for political purposes between us will start to crumble, and uh, Donald Trump may be the trigger mechanism for that because he's just that uncontrollable. Just that. Well, you, you can't. Anyway, we'll, I'm sorry. No, go ahead and finish your uh, finish your thought. No, we'll I was, was going to say you can't get rid of all the environmental laws and kill the EPA and not expect repercussions. Right. Very much so. Uh, my guest is, is Steve Alton. His new book, Undisclosed, a novel. Uh, great talking with him uh, and his personal experiences. We're going to talk about the book and more after a short break. This is Scott Cluthy. You're listening to Love Cafe Radio, live on Blog Talk Radio. The call-in line is 347-308-8478. Stevie, hold the line. We'll be back in about two minutes, okay? Sure. This is Scott Cluthy. We'll be right back with more from the Love Cafe. Don't forget our call in line 347-308-8478. And visit the Love Cafe on Facebook. Just look for Scott Cluthy's Love Cafe. We'll be right back. Hi, Scott Cluthy, host and producer of Love Cafe Radio and Love Cafe Video and other media as well. Glad you're listening tonight. Have you ever thought about hosting your own radio show? Well, as a graduate of Coach University and a professional broadcaster over 30 years, I can guide you to your dreams of having your own talk show that sounds professional and is professional. Every aspect of your show, from the scripting to the concept to the execution, you'll be a professional in broadcasting after working with me, either on a monthly basis for long-term or short-term. To increase or improve your abilities as a broadcaster and do better programming, attract a larger audience, and even more quality guests because of the quality and professionalism of your broadcasting. I'd like to help you. Give me a call, 832-846-5270, or write to me at scott at lovecafehouston.com. And let's have a conversation about you becoming the potential radio star that's there within you today. Thanks. Welcome back to the Love Cafe with Scott Cluthy. Our call in line, 347 308 8478 for tonight's guest. Glad to have you in the Love Cafe. Now, Scott Cluthy and the Love Cafe. A real honor to have Steve Alton on today, New York Times and international best-selling author of 16 thrillers, including Meg, very well-known worldwide, coming out as a major film, 2018, the tale of a 50-ton prehistoric great white shark. Should be great. His new book is Undisclosed, a novel. Uh, he's also the uh, editor and author, if you will, of Unacknowledged, a documentary uh, released by The Orchard, uh, working with a lot of information given to him by Dr. Greer, who he met with his wife, Kim, and uh, Dr. Greer's wife, to start to investigate down in Miami Beach shortly after his uh, interaction with UFOs, which, as Dr. Greer commented to you, Steve, that's not on. Usual, they do start tracking people who start tracking them in a lot of ways. How does that all work in your mind as far as the the ET experience and people's personal experiences? Uh, Whitley Stryver was an early guest of mine way back many, 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 many years ago. I guess you can read books like that with a kind of a different perspective now. Yeah, and I just want to clarify that I had nothing to do with unacknowledged the, the documentary that that's all Dr. Greer and, and – uh, the book oh, okay. is a lot more detailed about these things, and I edited and wrote, wrote the book, but um, that's all Dr. Greer. But uh, to answer you your go. question, um, yeah, I mean, the, the, there's a lot of these things coming out, and you sort of, I guess, have to sort through the ones that uh, um, carry the, the, the full truth with them because there's a lot of misunderstandings out there, too, um, you know, Several of the witnesses in Dr. Greer's uh, voluminous uh, recordings, and I probably listened to you know several hundred hours worth of videos tapes, uh, came forward and you know they were with the CIA and other agencies, and they had had, had um, 
perpetrated these uh, alien abductions uh, as a as sort of a part of a campaign to make anyone who uh, actually believed in these things and, and had, a, had an experience similar to what my wife and I had and what you and your father had, uh, doubt their own perceptions. And, uh, you know, if, if you – this goes back to, you know, 1956. Uh, if, you, uh, if you experienced a sighting, uh, you were immediately called a liar or crazy. And, and if you were a scientist wanting to investigate this, you lost your – uh, you lost your job or you lost your uh, grant money. And so they made, you know, a sort of the emperor's new clothes kind of effect. Uh, you either went along with the, 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 the lies or you suffered from it. Yeah. Uh, you have some uh, really terrific um, storytelling when you're talking about some of the places that that uh, Undisclosed takes place, in particular uh, subterranean complex out in the Midwest. Um, you know, I could almost, I was necessarily there <laughs> moving through this facility and um, and uh, uh, you believe those facilities are out there? Yeah, I mean, the that side. was, you know, one of the dozens of things that were just Incredible, but the, I've actually seen pictures of these devices that they used to build these subterranean, not just the bases, but the tunnels that connected them. Uh, you know, we know about places like uh, Fort Ritchie, Maryland, or NORAD, or, or, or Mount Weather. These are secret subterranean bases that, you know, actually house the alternative government if, in case of a nuclear detonation. But there's but Bechtel Corporation also used these nuclear powered boring machines that could drill through seven miles a day of bedrock, uh, and the, and it was nuclear powered and it would generate uh, exterior temperatures in excess of 2,000 degrees Fahrenheit, which was actually hot enough to melt the rock. So there's no soil yeah. or stone left to move. It just basically creates a, a tunnel of smooth glassified inner core, which is you know, perfect for these maglev trains, which are used in these tunnels and travel at super high speeds. So, you know, these are things that are being used, being built or were built using taxpayer money. Uh, and, you know, we never had a choice in these things. This is all black ops programs that, you know, these incredible technologies are being stored in these subterranean bases beneath our military bases. And in unacknowledged and undisclosed, we give you the names of the bases and the locations of them. I mean, we don't pull any punches. We let you know exactly where they're located. So I'm wondering how many sleuths you have on the on the job right now who might reveal hardcore evidence of this. Hmm. It, it's certainly like a treasure map. Well, uh, we'll so get you a copy of Unacknowledged because it details all it, the names of the eyewitnesses and, and, and their testimony regarding these subterranean bases. Well, I'd love to come back and do a show on that. Sure. Um, that's hands-on. Thank you. Uh, how do you draw up your characters? You know, what did you draw from? Did you have templates? Did you have people in mind? The most interesting well, creative uh, process I work a lot. Eric the the name Adam Shariak is a, a derivative from Sherry Aramak, and Sherry was um, Dr. Greer's um, right-hand person, his assistant, who was killed by the um, the powers that be, this uh, this uh, shadow government, um, along with a, a, a senator in New Mexico who was helping him, and Dr. Greer almost died himself they were all three had been hit with cancer at the exact same time uh using a machine that has the ability to to um actually deliver it a delivery system over using electronic waves and uh what saved dr greer was that um 
uh, his dog was near him when he got hit, and the dog got cancer too and sort of took out some of the, the potency of it. Do you have concerns about yourself, Steve? Yeah, I do. Um, but the information is already out there, so mm-hmm. yeah, I feel if you make yeah. you know, what Dr. Greer has taught me is that you, if you make it public, that's your protection. If you guard it, that's when they take you out. And uh, I had a situation years ago. Uh, I wrote a book called The Shell Game, which uh, exposed a lot of the things about 9-11 being a false flag event. And um, I got death threats from it, and I had um, people calling up at, on, on our unlisted phone number in, in our house at about 4 in the morning making threats. And I think the worst threat was from somebody who was in one of these agencies that would email me uh, with an untraceable email and uh, basically listed everything about myself, letting him know that they knew who I was. And here, oh, by the way, here's your birth date and your driver's license and your social security number and your bank account information and all these things. So just watch your step. Yeah, and this was a book of fiction. Wow. What do you think uh, the American public should do I mean, obviously, buy eight copies of your book. That's okay. But <laughs> undisclosed, a novel by Steve Alton. Go to stevealton.com. It's out there. You already know that. <laughs> but uh, what, what would you – Yeah, you know, we talked about revealing this to the public and getting it out there. Um, do you have eyes on anyone currently in the Congress – who seems to be leaning more in your direction or you think might be a point person? Uh, what Dr. Greer said about that is is uh, pretty much that uh, it's not going to happen from a political standpoint. Um, all these guys are beholden to some, in some way, shape, or form to the shadow government, whether it's through the military, whether it's through donations. Um, and, um, you know, they're not going to risk their lives or their political careers to come out and, and suddenly stand by the microphone and say, you know, we demand zero-point energy be brought out, you know, or else, or we're going to pass a law that, changes the patent laws or things like that because mm-hmm. um, the, sh- the shadow government basically has a, everything at its beck and call, including money. So they would just back another candidate and this guy would be gone in six months. Is is And, and I don't know this, so forgive me for asking about it, but is in your opinion, is the U.S. government in particular the ones holding the cards on this technology, or are there other players around the world who have this similar technology, the Russians maybe, the Chinese or somebody, or is there an overlord um, shadow government that actually is sort of the puppet master on many of these countries? Is that why we see some of the way, uh, the juxtapositions of uh International relationships and uh, and proxy wars. Well, it's not the U.S. government. It's it's sort of a, a um, an entity within the government uh, that has tentacles throughout every agency, whether it's the CIA, the NSA, or or Magic or whatever these other groups are, and. Um, you know, they, the, the, the biggest problem is that they control the mainstream media. Uh, now, how do they do that? Well, they have – we've had agents who, who came forward as part of the information in this book who basically stated that they were, they were paid to sit on top of these companies and basically they decide what is the message that the public can hear. And when it comes to UFOs and extraterrestrials or technologies that would replace big oil and, and coal, 
uh, they say, nope, you're not putting that out there. And we were talking about Breitbart. Breitbart had done, um, you know, whether you like them or hate them, they, they're a very, you know, they reach the, the public. Dr. Greer had done a, an interview, a two-hour interview in California. Uh, he flew out there and stayed at a hotel and was interviewed for two hours with Breitbart. And they were going to do a big article about unacknowledged. Well, the the article was canceled. Now, who canceled really? it? Was it Breitbart News? No, it was the the agents that sat on top of Breitbart News and said, "No, you're not going public with this information." So you feel they really control uh, not just the decision making, but have some type of purse string or personal control over the people who own these corporations? Yes, because they own the corporations. You know, the uh, uh, this uh, agent ship that we were talking about earlier, uh, he brought it out that the owner of the Washington Post, who also owns Amazon, uh, you know, wrapped up a deal with the CIA. So, you know, they determine what uh, stories can run in the Washington Post and what they want to run in the Washington Post. So if if Trump is a threat, then the Washington Post uh, chases this Russia story down, which, you know, prior to watching that yesterday, I thought, you know, that's got to be a real thing. But um, now I'm not so sure. I mean, I, I my thinking has gone 180 degrees since watching this thing because um, what he says makes a lot of sense. That's Asian ship, not Donald Trump. But yeah, <laughs> to clarify that. Yeah. Hope you weren't. Although when you, you know much. when he says the fake news, you know it seems kind of nonsensical. And then, but if you think about it. If uh, the news isn't, if they're not independent enough that they can print anything that they want, then they are fake news because it's it's controlled. Um, they're controlling the information, and that gives you a a, a a basis of information that's based upon their slant, what they want you to know and not want to know. Do you believe there's still uh, uh, ETs in captivity here? No, I. Um, according to the eyewitnesses who worked on this, um, in in uh, 1947, uh, and the reason that these and you said earlier in the show that you and your father had a sighting at these military bases. Yeah. Well, that's not a coincidence. Um, the reason that these things, these uh, interstellar species started visiting our civilization in in droves that started uh during world war ii uh when these uh energy drones that they called foo fighters and yes that's where the foo fighters got their name were sure. they would shadow the warplanes on both sides of the war and uh the reason that they were here is because we had sort of set off an alarm in our galaxy that hey the the, the human beings on earth they figured out how to split the atom because we were doing dozens and dozens of tests, nuclear testing. And then, um, of course, we exploded the two bombs in Hiroshima and Nagasaki. But then uh, in 47, in late June of 1947, Roswell Air Force Base, uh, which was the home of the 509th Bomber Squadron, which was the only wing in the world equipped with atomic weapons, uh, they were like uh, honey to a bee. And so the UFOs were... were Buzzing this Air Force base, and they and Roswell had a weapon, which was called a scalar or a longitudinal wave weapon. Longitudinal wave is is beyond the speed of light, and they actually had this in 1947 and hit the UFOs with them, so that uh, two of them crashed into each other and a third went down over New Mexico and wasn't found for two years, and uh, uh, there were bodies of the deceased extraterrestrials. Uh, these four-foot gray beings, but one of them was still alive, and they they kept it alive for three years. 
I actually worked for a man who worked on the, uh, the atomic bomb before he came to Houston and started the largest privately owned fiber optics company in the world for eight years. Uh, I worked there. Um, well, I hate to tell you, but fiber optics is one of the technologies, according to these eyewitnesses, that they drew from yeah. reverse engineering these craft. Yeah, he introduced fiber optics to Houston and introduced the first tele-learning system uh, back with the Galveston Independent School District back in the late 50s. So, it all fits. Inter- yeah, interesting guy. Um do you think that they're going to decide to step in and reveal themselves, Steve? I mean, I, I don't know. Um, I don't think they'll allow us to destroy ourselves, according to Dr. Greer. I mean, they're here for our survival, not because they want to become our overlords or something ridiculous like Master that. Master race. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if they wanted to do that, they, they were already far above us. Um, I think they're here to prevent us from killing ourselves or preventing us from destroying our planet, which is, you know, really an incubator of life. And we're, we are destroying it, you know, bit by bit. Um, is Undisclosed now a, uh, a script for a film? Uh, no, not yet. Not yet. I, you know, I would love to option as a movie, but we got to sell some books before that happens. Yeah, yeah, you will. Um, tell us about adoptanauthor.com. I want you to share that before you go, because that's a really important thing. Education has gone down the dumpsters in this country. <laughs> well, um, back when May came out, um, I, a couple things started happening. I started getting inundated by email from teenagers who were all telling me the same thing, that they, that Meg was the first book they had ever read to its completion, and it helped them to enjoy reading so that they were reading more. And um, and then teachers started emailing me, telling me that because students enjoyed it, these giant shark tales so much, that they were using the book in their classroom as part of the curriculum, uh, not just English teachers or uh, but also science teachers. And then I found out that Meg had been named the number one book for reluctant readers by the Young Adult Library Services Association. And I realized, you know, something ha- was happening and I needed to get involved in my background's in education. I have a, a bachelor's, master's, and, ed- and doctorate in education, and I'm certified to teach in high school. And so uh, I created a nonprofit called Adopt an Author, and basically what we do is we make it as easy as possible for teachers in secondary school, in middle and high school, uh, grades 8 through 12, to incorporate this into their curriculum uh, by providing them with free tests, quizzes, curriculum materials, posters, um, vocabulary lists. And then, uh, but we take it a step further so that uh, the students can email me while they're reading the book, and uh, I will email them back, or we'll do an interview over speakerphone, or now we have Skype. And it's just you know it's just a way to to channel the students' enthusiasm into reading. And uh, we started off in 1998 with I think uh, less than a dozen schools, less than a dozen teachers, and uh, we registered over 10,000 teachers right now. Just hats off to you, Steve. Hats off to you. That's just tremendous work. That's a real viable thing, and uh, uh, and. Uh, a population that can read, think, and comprehend is one I trust a lot more. So thank you for your work along, along those lines. And uh, this is a tremendous work. You're doing tremendous work. It's life-changing, obviously. I'll be fascinated to see where where this leads you to. Uh, I'd love to uh, talk to you in the future about uh, Unacknowledged. And uh, Steve Alton, what else can I say? It's just uh, been great to share this time with you. Thank you so much for joining me in the Love Cafe today. Thank you, Scott. Appreciate it. All right, you, you and Kim take care up there, and uh, you guys, the too. door knocks, and they, yeah, yeah, we'll do that. Stay high and dry, and on the lookout. 
So take care of yourself, and thank you for your great work. Okay, Steve. Thank you. All right. Have a great evening. It is Love Cafe. Your host Scott Cluthy. Stay tuned for more, and uh, check out the 850 shows online at Blog Talk right now. And uh, we'll talk to you again in the future. It's great to have you out there with Love Cafe. And join me on Facebook at the Love Cafe group. You'll know more every time we have a new show coming. Till then, take care. Thanks for joining me in the Love Cafe community. Don't forget, join us on Facebook at Scott Cluthy's Love Cafe. And sign up for the newsletter. Till next time. This is Scott Pluthy. Thanks again for stopping by the Love Cafe. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.